You're listening to IBGR, our call sign for the Internet Business Growth Radio Network. The broadcast frequency is our URL, and that's IBGR.network. We provide live and recorded shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on what an entrepreneur or small business consultant needs to grow their operation from zero to big. How big? Up to you. IBGR focuses on the 180 million English-speaking small business owners around the world in four major markets, North America, Australia, Oceania, the Indian subcontinent, and United Kingdom, Europe, and Africa. All of these six-hour cycles are delivered in six major themes, strategy, operations, sales, people, ownership, and consulting. The first four tracks, strategy, operations, sales, and people, are the day-to-day tactical issues all entrepreneurs face. The fifth track, ownership, takes the conversation to the next level. How can an owner working in the business make the transition to an executive of a multi-million dollar firm by working on it? Our last track, consulting, is for our brothers and sisters with the same mission as IBGR, helping small business owners grow. I bet you didn't know that 57% of everybody on the planet is employed by a small business owner. Let's team up and help business owners increase generational wealth for themselves and their family while creating good jobs in their local community. Our team has over seven decades of helping and building businesses. We have turned those years of experience into radio shows and downloadable tools that any entrepreneur, whether you're an independent contractor, solopreneur, or business owner, can apply immediately. All you have to do is download, listen, apply, and engage. Download the show notes that address current issues in your business. Listen to the show live or as a podcast. Apply the information and tools. Engage us with your experience and feedback. And if you really want to maximize your time spent with IBGR, join our community and have access to our toolbox. This just scratches the surface of what you will receive every day at IBGR. The opportunity to grow with us is only limited by your imagination and persistence. Let's grow together and put the world back to work. Thanks for listening. IBGR Network, now known as International Business Growth Radio Network, your profit radio. I'm Wendy Dickinson, your host for today's show, Catalytic Conversations. I'm a business coach who works with owner-founders at the intersection of life and business. Today, I have a special guest, Michelle Seiler-Tucker, who is the author of the upcoming book, Exit Rich. And I know that you people have listened to me talk about how selling your business is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a process. It's something to prepare for. Michelle is the perfect expert to bring to you today so that you truly understand some of the ins and outs of the process, the experience, and how you can set this sale up, your business sale, to really turn out to be the manifestation of your dreams. I also want to encourage you, though, to enjoy and enjoin the IBGR Entrepreneurs Community Network located in our app on IBGR.network, or you can go directly to IBGR.community. And once on the inside, you'll be in your community of commerce where you can connect with other entrepreneurs and interact with on-air talent. Join the IBGR community where you can network with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. I mean, come on, come grow with us. 
And if you get the app, it's like having a coach in your pocket. Business solutions in the palm of your hands. Download the app and have solutions to your business issues on demand. We are the business application of choice. Learn more at ibgr.app. This is episode two in season four. And this season, we're talking about the, the evolution of your business, whether it's a family business or an independently owned, privately held company. And our guest, Michelle Seiler Tucker, author of Exit Rich, is going to help you look at the ins and outs of selling your business. We kick off season four. Last week, we took a look at how you could prepare that next generation. Well, now I'm challenging you all how to prepare your business for that next transition. Creating a family legacy is hard work. Fewer than 20% of businesses make it to the fourth generation. And now more than ever, many family businesses are not passing on. So for those of you in a family business who thought for years you'd pass that on to another generation, you may be considering at this point looking at the option of selling the business instead of passing it on, which is another reason why we're so glad that Michelle has joined us today. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Michelle, when does the book come out? So the book is actually scheduled to come out January 26, but that doesn't really matter because whoever orders Exit Rich Today can read Exit Rich Today because we will email a digital download to them Plus, we will ship the hardcover to their doorstep when it's published. Oh, that is great. And listeners, I have that link in the show notes. So please make sure you check out and download the show notes. Hit that link and check out all that Michelle has to offer. I have to tell you, Exit Rich is the kind of book that will prepare you for the transition for the transaction of selling your business. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So glad. And by the way, I just want to point out that our conversation is going to benefit every business owner, even those of you who think that you don't want to sell your business for years yet. Michelle, is it ever too early to start to plan? It never is. You know, I always say that that really is one of the biggest mistakes that business owners make, Wendy, is they never think about selling their business until they have to due to a catastrophic event. It could be internal or external. Internal could be, you know, I hear from clients when partner disputes, divorce, death, um, health issues, you know, COVID. Uh, and that's typically the worst time to sell your business because when a catastrophic event occurs, the business is typically trending downward. The best time to sell your business is when your business is doing well and in its prime. Yeah. Wow. And, and I have to tell you, I run into that with my practice too. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up getting into this business, how you came to write this book, sure. a little bit about where, where your life has taken you. Sure. So I've always, you know, I didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to sell businesses. <laughs> but I've always been interested. I've always been a people person. I've always been a problem solver. And I've always been an entrepreneur. And so I've always owned different types of businesses in different industries. Um, I did kind of get caught up into working for corporate America uh, for, a, for a year. Uh, Xerox had recruited me and offered me a pretty a pretty ha handsome salary with great benefits. And I was there for about six months and my nickname became the closer because every time somebody couldn't close a deal, it would be, they would be like, get her, get the closer, she'll close it. And so then my supervisor came to me within six months and said, Michelle, you really should apply 
for the original vice president position at Xerox. She said, you won't get it because you've only been here for six months and everyone else has been here, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years. But mm-hmm. she said, you should do it anyway. And I'm like, well, why would I apply for something that I'm not going to get? Yeah. You know, that makes no sense to me. And because I'm a results person. And she said, because you'll learn so much from this experience. And she was right. It was three months of a grueling process with high-level executives, you know, Q&As, presentations, demonstrations of Xerox equipment. And I ended up getting it, even though I was told I would never get it. (laughs) So I guess I truly am the closer. (laughs) Yes, you are. But what happened was, so they promoted me. And then I realized very quickly, you know, number one, a company should never promote their top salesperson into management. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Leave your top salesperson where they are. Yeah. Because that's their core competency. And then when I went into management, it's not that I dislike management because I I like management. What I don't like is management in corporate America. Right. Because you have meetings to schedule meetings, to have more meetings, to just meet all the time and never really accomplish anything. So I missed my clients. I missed the relationships. I missed solving problems. You know, so I told my husband, I said, gosh, I said, I miss entrepreneurship so much, but I don't want to leave the six-figure position and these great benefits. And I was climbing the corporate ladder, you know, really quickly at Xerox. So I said, I'm going to look for a franchise to buy mm. and operate it on the side. So I stumbled across a franchise that had two locations and my husband actually knew the founder. And I met with him and said, look, you know, I'll really like to buy a franchise and operate it on the side and keep my position. And he says, no, I know of you. I know your husband. I know your nickname is a closer at Xerox because he <laughs> had mutual friends. And he says, they said, no, we want you to partner with us. If you partner with us and help put us on the map, then we will give you a franchise. Oh, wow. And I said, well, that's awesome. I said, but I'm not going to leave a six-figure position with great benefits for a company that has two locations. Yeah. I said, so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do it on the weekends. So I... I kept Xerox. I flew, you know, all over the country on the weekends and ended up selling so many franchises in a very short period of time that I quadrupled my salary in those in those six months. So I made three times what I was making as Xerox in six months. Wow. So I knew it was time to move on. So yes. I partnered with that franchisor. They gave me a franchise. And then I learned very quickly, though, that our values were not aligned. Mm-hmm. Um and they, you know, do what a lot of companies do. And you, you, you probably know this, Wendy, that a lot of um, family businesses will go in, they'll start a business, and then they focus on marketing, they focus on sales, but they never really build the foundation yeah. in which to handle the growth. So if you don't build a solid foundation from, from the beginning, you can get lots of clients, but at some point your house is going to crumble because you don't have the foundation to support and service the clients. And that's what happened. They were over-promising and under-delivering. Mm-hmm. Franchisees were getting very disgruntled. I was always on the franchisee side. I'm team franchisee. And the partners were mad at me because I think I should be team franchisor. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm for the client. You know, these are my friends. I go to their weddings. I go to their hospital beds when I have babies and their birthday parties, you know. I'm right. team franchisee all the way. So I realized very quickly our values do not align. And then I said, look, you, you're going to have to buy me out because I can't in good faith sell any more of these, you know, because you're not going to take care of the client. Right. So anyway, they ended up buying me out. And then I'm like, what am I going to do next? So I said, well, gosh, I'll just sell businesses. How much harder can it be to sell a business than selling franchises? Oh, boy. 
Yeah. So that's when I transitioned into selling businesses. Um, so before I was doing franchise sales, franchise consultant, franchise development, mm-hmm. then I transitioned into selling um, businesses, existing businesses, at first small businesses, but then very quickly I transitioned to selling businesses $10 million and up. But then I learned very quickly what Steve Forbes says is true. Eight out of 10 businesses will not sell. And I Steve Forbes endorsed my book, Exit Rich. That is shocking. To say that again, please. I really want Eight to- out of 10 businesses will not sell. Right. Eight out of 10. It is shocking. And, and so I'm like, oh my God, if I don't start fixing these businesses, right. if I don't start growing these companies, I'm going to starve to death. So that's when I started transitioning to fixing, building, and growing them so they're actually sellable. So really my core competencies are buying businesses, selling them, fixing them, growing them. I buy businesses. I flip them. I partner with business owners, especially if a business owner comes to me and, and I, feel, I feel like there's good chemistry and our values align and they are servicing an industry that's, uh, that's a niche, you know, mm-hmm. um, then I'll partner with them, investing my money, time, energy, effort to put them on a build to sell program or we'll sell their company in three to five years for their desired price tag. Wow. And so you bring not only your experience of buying and selling businesses, but helping to grow businesses to the the tools and the tactics that you exhibit in in Exit Rich. Absolutely. Yep. And that's 20. So Exit Rich is really 20 years of me in the trenches, yeah. you know, learning uh, what to do, what not to do and um, and everything I've been doing really over these last 20 years. And actually before that with the franchise model. That is amazing. That's such value to your your the book buyers. Hey, Michelle, we, believe it or not, are at our break time. So listeners, hold on, because when we come back, I'm going to ask Michelle to share some of her experiences with you so that you know some of the obstacles that you might face in growing your business to become a valuable asset. So we're going to take this quick break, but while we're on the break, I'd love for you to take a look at the website, ibgr.network or ibgr.community. And in that community, we actually have mentoring groups where you can network and ask your questions to other business owners, to experts, to the on-air hosts. We'd all be glad to have your questions. Also, if you have any questions for Michelle, please reach out to her. Michelle, how can people get in touch with you? So they can um, they can go to exitrichbook.com, but they can also go to my main website, which is SylerTucker.com. Awesome. That's and my phone number and everything is right there on the, on the homepage. exist and why do your customers care if you're not sure we can help at Crispin Co we work closely with you to get to know your business together we'll build a strategy that communicates your brand message to the people who need to know it your customers Crispin Co exists to challenge normal we're a full-service creative design and media agency. We trade in innovative ideas, creative content and strategic communication that gets maximum results and return on your marketing investment. Find us at crispand.co or on all the usual socials. Crisp and Co. Innovate. Create. Communicate.
This is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. special guest today. I'm interviewing Michelle Seiler Tucker, who's written a book called Exit Rich that has so much to offer every business owner who may even be contemplating a sale at some point in the future of their business. You've been listening to IBGR.network and IBGR is our call sign as a radio station, but we're so much more than a radio station. We're your business growth radio. We're your profit radio, where you have the opportunity to work with other business owners, bring your questions, your issues, and please don't hesitate to reach out to Michelle Seiler Tucker. She's our guest today, and if you have questions, Michelle just might have the answers, and her book will be out within days. So, Michelle, please tell us about some of the problems or, or the obstacles that you've seen that business owners can run into, either in growing their businesses or in trying to sell them. Sure. So one of the biggest, the biggest, like I said, challenge is that business owners don't plan their exit. Mm. So when they think about selling their business, they typically have not built a business that a buyer wants to buy. And it's that lens, isn't it? They haven't looked at the business through the lens of the prospective buyer. That's correct. They haven't looked at the business through that lens. They're looking at the business through their lens only. So they'll come to me and say, well, Michelle, I want to sell my business for $20 million. I'm like, okay, $20 million. How'd you come up with that number? Well, that's what I need to retire on. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to pay for five girls' college and weddings. Or that's what I need to get out of debt. Or that's what I need to start a new business or buy a business. Well, that's what they need. The buyer doesn't care what you need. The buyer cares about what the value is to them. Plus, a lot of business owners, especially family businesses and small businesses, have not built a business that runs without them. Right. You know, and the business is attached to that owner. So once I pull that owner out of the business, there is no business. And that's one of the biggest issues. Like we're selling an agriculture business right now. And one of the owners said, hey, can you sell a dentist practice? You know, my relative owns a dental practice. I said, sure, we sell them all the time. How many dentists? And they said one. No. So the dentist is the owner and I have a few dental hygienists. That business is not sellable. Now, yes, we could sell it only if he will agree to stay for so long 
and a cell be tied to him staying on for two to three years. So it will have to be a seller financing component or an earnout component or something like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of businesses are tied to the owner, especially family businesses. And chiropractors are the same way. You know, we're trying to sell a chiropractic uh, practice. And when we first took the engagement, he had two chiropractors. Mm-hmm. Well, I had two buyers that went that we, you know, set up meetings and the chiropractor's like, we're not staying. We told him that. <laughs> Well, he told us something very different. Right. So the chiropractors are not staying. So now we're starting from scratch, having to get new chiropractors in there so we can sell us practice. So this goes for dentists, chiropractors, um, real estate agents, real estate brokers. It goes for interior designers. I mean, it goes for all kinds of businesses where the business owner is attached to the business. So if the business owner has those relationships with clients, if the business owner does sales, if the business owner has all the IP up here right. <laughs> and it hasn't been, you know, processed into operations manuals and document and documented, then it's difficult to sell it. Because like we have a, a fabrication company right now that we've been trying to sell for about a year. The problem is they've been in business 35 years, two owners, 50-50 partner, four employees. All the information is in their head. Yeah. They're all, there's no processes. There's no manuals. There's no documentation whatsoever. And they're like, well, Michelle, we're so unique because we can make anything for anybody. I go, yes, you two can. Yes. <laughs> but no, but once you two are gone, then nobody else can do that. Right. So that's one of the biggest issues is is being able to sell the sell a business, not a job. Buyers want to buy a business; they don't want to buy a job. And how about the the issue that I run into sometimes are people who also don't know their numbers, right? So going back, oh to yeah, your well that's about, number two, right? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your experiences there. Yeah. So that's one. That's one of the second issues. You know, that's one of the biggest issues too, and that's what takes so long. That business owners don't know their numbers. They'll, they'll usually know their top line, mm-hmm. but they are completely clueless when it comes to what their seller's discretionary earnings are or what their EBITDA is. Like they'll say, oh, Michelle, I'm making a half million dollars a year. And I look at their tax returns and they have a net profit of 75000 Right. Well, of course, we normalize the financials and we add back personal expenses and non-recurring and all of that. But they just don't know their numbers. And not only this, if you're if they're leaving out of the business and they're running travel and meals and entertainment and all of that stuff, the problem is they don't document it. They don't keep up with it. So they give me five years of financials and they're like, well, you figure it out. <laughs> I'm not psychic. I'm good, but I'm not that good. So there's no way for us to really know other than your, your normal stuff like depreciate. We always have back depreciation, amortization, interest. You know, if, if it's a business that doesn't need vehicles, we'll add back the, the vehicles if they're going to stay um, with the owners and we'll add back donations and contributions and things of that nature. But here's the bottom line. There's no way for me to tell what all the, the things that a business owner is running through their business. And there's no way for me to tell what the non-reoccurring are. So they'll say, we'll call my CPA. Well, your CPA doesn't know and they don't want to know. Right. <laughs> so that's, you know, I always tell business owners, listen. Take a take a notebook or you know type it up an Excel spreadsheet right and and document all the personal things that you're running through your business every month total that up every year so that when you hire someone like me you can say here's what I run through the business here's my proof now you'll need more than just an Excel document because every anybody can make that up right you need credit card receipts bank statements things of that nature mm-hmm. so I always tell my clients we cannot 
add back something we can't prove. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. I think this goes back to your earlier point about how it really helps if you know if you want to at least create the option or generate the option to sell the business from day one, because this knowing that from the beginning allows you to prepare from the very beginning. Yes. And that's what business owners don't do is prepare. And that's why we, you know, I have the GPS exit model that I talk about in Exit Rich is because it's my mission, Wendy, yeah. <laughs> to get these business owners to think about selling their most prized asset, the most valuable asset from the beginning. Because if they do all this stuff from the beginning, it will be much easier in the end and they'll be able to sell for a lot more money. The other thing that just amazes me are the people who come to me and say, well, I've spent 30 years or I've done this for 23 years. It's worth a lot. And and then to say, actually, what you've done for 23 years is a job. You have not yep. created a viable asset. And that's what Exit Rich, I think, can do for people is to show them how to create a viable asset. Exactly, exactly. Because buyers, you know, <laughs> it's funny because sellers always base Seller's perspective of what their business is worth is typically inflated. Right. And it's based upon not, they don't typically base it on, well, some of them do, based on how much sweat equity they have in it. Most of them base the price on what they need to do next. Right. So if they need to retire, they want this much to retire on. Or if they need to buy a business, they need this much to buy a business. So they base it upon what they need for their beginning strategy so they can follow through on their exit strategy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And yeah. I completely agree with you. So that's why Exit Rich is, you know, Exit Rich is all about, you asked me earlier and, and there was a break that came up, so I didn't get the answer to you. You asked me, why did I write Exit Rich? Yeah. And the reason I wrote Exit Rich is because in 2013, I wrote Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. And I've been in business 20 years. And back then when I did the research, it used to be that 85 to 95% of all startups would go out of business, right? We mm -hmm. know that. Yeah. But I rem I've just been driving around all these years seeing this strip center closed down, this business go out of business, that business go out of business. You can't turn on the news without hearing about another business going out of business, right? right? So I said, gosh, I need to write another book. So I started doing my research and that's when I learned that the business landscape has flip-flopped. It used to be that 95% of startups will go out of business, right? One to five years. Yes. Now... It's only 30% of startups will go out of business in those one to five years. So startups are at less risk than they used to be. However, listen to this. There's 30.2 million businesses in the United States employing over half the U.S. workforce. Mm -hmm. And out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses have been in business for 10 years or longer. 70% of those businesses will go out of business. I was shocked when I saw that. I, you I see the flip-flop? It yeah, has flip-flopped. Yeah, yeah. What do you and I was shocked to? too. I did the research five different times because I didn't believe it. Yeah. So what do you attribute yeah. that to? And I'm, I'm sorry, to tell us first, how did you, why did you write the book? So that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. I noticed that eight out of 10 businesses weren't selling. I noticed that all these businesses were dropping like flies. And I really, you know, I know my principles and strategies and techniques and I partner with business owners. I buy businesses and flip them. I know what it takes to make a business successful. So I'm like, why are there not, why has it flip-flopped? Why? It used to be that if you could make it for five years or longer, Wendy, you were goaded. Yeah, <laughs> You're not going out of business. Right. So I'm like, why are all these businesses going out of business? So that's why I wrote Exit Rich. 
That is great. You know, to help save businesses because it breaks my heart, breaks my heart when I see an owner that's been in business for 40, 50 years and they're like 70, 80 years old and they are being forced to, to sell their business for pennies on the dollar or close their business or even worse, have to file bankruptcy. And when they file bankruptcy, they typically don't just lose their business assets. They lose their family assets too because they peer, they merge those those assets together and pierce to corporate veil. So it breaks my heart. The other day I had this terrible phone call from a woman in Dallas. Her husband dropped out of a heart attack. It was a family business, dropped out of a heart attack. And, you know, nobody expected it. And she was probably in her late seventies oh. and she wanted me to sell it. So I started going through the questions, you know, to how many employees do you have? Start asking all these questions because honey, we don't have any employees. My husband has subcontractors. I said, okay, do we have processes? Do we have procedures? Do we have documentation? Do we have, you know, all this data that was in your husband's head? Do we have that somewhere? She goes, no. And she goes, I don't know anything. And he didn't leave me with anything except for a bunch of debt. Well, Michelle, that is exactly what the kind of situation we want to help owners avoid. Guys, we're going to take a quick two-minute break. And when we come back ibgr.network.community check out the show notes because that way you can download exit rich for yourself When surveyed, about 90% of business leaders admit that their CRM isn't. The most common cause for that? Salespeople don't use their CRM the way they should. Why not? Well, it takes them too much time and discipline to fill out their CRM completely. And if salespeople don't, the CRM system becomes useless. That's why when we started Salesforce, we asked ourselves, what if we build a CRM system that fills out itself? What if we build a system that surfaces existing data so that you know and remember all about your customers and never forget and disappoint another lead? That's what Salesforce does today. It pulls in all the data buried in your emails, email signatures, calendar, phone, social data, company database, email and web tracking, and offers it to you in an easy way so you and your CRM are always up to date. Want to see this for yourself? Head to salesforce.com and get your free trial. This is William Eastman, managing partner for BrokeWorks Media and station director at IBGR. If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule, links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. Thank you.
ibgr.network. IBGR is our call sign as a radio station, but we're more than a radio station. We are also a network. And I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, here with our special guest, Michelle Seiler-Tucker, author of Exit Rich. This is the second episode in season four, and we are talking today about selling, a guide to selling the business, selling the family business. And in this segment, we're going to get Michelle's insights on what you guys as business owners need to know. Michelle, I believe it might help business owners if you shared a quick overview of what the process is like for selling a business, because I think that not having that knowledge works against business owners too. Okay, what the process is, like planning planning your exit from the beginning or what the process is from step A all the way to the closing table? Well, I feel like a lot of my clients feel like it takes a couple of weeks to sell their business. No. <laughs> it doesn't. So, so yeah, to give, give just a snapshot, and I know that that's already going against what I'm saying, but give us a snapshot of what it's like for people to sell their business. All right, so the way when we work with our clients we start from the beginning so let me kind of start from the beginning you know we ask them a series of questions so we want to evaluate where the client is you know and we take them through what we call a seller sanity check oh good and we cut we start there we start there with the seller sanity check because a lot of sellers say they want to sell, but they vacillate. They go back and forth for a minute. They want to sell the next minute. They don't. Mm -hmm. So we really walk through the seller sanity check to identify, okay, exactly how much money do you really need to walk away with? Mm -hmm. Because if they think, I think they need 20 million, maybe they only need $10 million if they invest it properly. Right. And if I can incorporate some tax strategies, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I walk them through the financial component to, to find out exactly how much do they need a month? How much do they need for a year? And how long are they expecting to live? Yeah. Good questions. All and good then questions. I ask them, you know, what do they want to do? Because a lot of people, it depends upon the age. A lot of um, business owners want to retire. A lot want to travel the world. Some want to um, invest in something else, start another business, buy a business. So we always want to get crystal clear on what they want to do because here's the deal. If I can't get my clients comfortable with what they're going to do next, I call it the beginning strategy. What the beginning strategy is, they'll never, con they'll never follow through with the exit strategy. So they'll find a way to sabotage a deal. Yes. I had a manufacturing business that we were selling, husband and wife owned, it was a family business. And I bought them three LOIs, all at full price. And they kept turning them down. They kept finding reasons they didn't like it. They didn't like the buyer for this reason. They didn't like that. They didn't like this. So I said, listen, you guys have to get comfortable. We have to figure out what you're going to do when we sell this business. Right. Because otherwise you're never going to sell it. I've already bought you three great buyers. And they're like, oh, we don't know, Michelle. And I go, well, that's the problem. Yes. <laughs> figure yes. it out and then call me. So they called me about two weeks later and they said, we had an epiphany. We finally remembered what it is, what what we like so much because here's what happens you get busy in your business you get busy with responsibilities day to day your family everything else that a lot of business owners a lot of entrepreneurs bury what they really like and what they were once passionate about right right so there's do. exercises in my book there's exercises in my book that i take business owners through these different 
um, exercises to do so you can get crystal clear on what is it, what it is that you want to do and what your seller sanity check is. So they called me up. It was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And they're like, Michelle, Michelle, we got it now. And I'm like, great. Can you call me in the morning? And they're like, we want to open a bed and breakfast. We either want to buy a bed and breakfast or we want to open a bed and breakfast. And I said, wonderful. And um, so the next LOI I bought them, which was, I don't know, 30, 45 days later, they signed it. We closed on the sale of the business. They took those proceeds and they bought a bed and breakfast, I think in New Hampshire or somewhere like that. Oh, Vermont, might awesome. have been Vermont. So at any rate, they got crystal clear. So the first thing is to start with the seller sanity check. Yeah. How much money do you really need to live on or to start your, the next phase of your life? What are you going to do after we sell the business? It's kind of like the empty nester syndrome. Right. You know, when, when all your children go to college, oh my God, what do you do next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get them crystal clear with that. And then the other thing I do is I have my sellers prioritize what's most important to them because some sellers, the price is not as important to them as the buyer taking care of their employees. That is so true. Or the buyer taking care of their clients. Right. Or the buyer growing their legacy. Or staying so in the community. Right. Or staying in the community. I've had clients yep. who want the business to stay in that community. Or stay in the community. Yep. So, so I always sit with my sellers to really figure out what's important to them. Yeah. Let's prioritize it. And that's where I start. Then once I'm clear on the seller sanity check, then, and now nobody else probably does all this stuff that I do. Then I walk my clients through the valuation and we start the valuation with the 6P method. Oh, tell, can you, can you tell us? Yeah, I can that? start it. Yeah. What's up? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we walk them through the, the six P's. So in my 20 years of experience, every industry needs to, to needs to operate on all six cylinders. I don't care what industry you're in. Right. You have to operate on all six cylinders. Number one, we've already talked about a little bit, is people. You don't build a business. You build people and people build the business. Right. So you got to have the right people in the right seats. If you're a dentist, you need other dentists. You cannot be the only dentist and think you're going to build a business to sell. Right. The business cannot depend upon you. So you have to have the right people in the right seat and you have to ask the who question. Who opens the doors? Who deals with clients? Who deals with manufacturing? Who deals with logistics? Who deals with legal issues, environmental, transportation, whatever it is, the clue, Wendy, is you should never be next to the who. Exactly. Love that. Because if you are next to the who and your name is next to all of these different tasks that have to be done on a daily basis, then you don't have a business that will run without you and then buyers are not going to want to buy your business. Yeah, that's a job. That's not a business. That's a job, right. And then if you're trying to build a company to sell for 10, 15, 20 million dollars or even two million dollars, you need to have a management team. Right. So it can't just be you and the people. It needs to be you, general manager or chief operating officer and some layers of management mm. that run your teams. Right. Okay. So very important is people. And then the second P that we also evaluate, and this will determine if a business is sellable or not. This is product. Mm. So we look at the product, which is really your industry, and ask our clients, is your product on the way up or on the way out? Is it thriving or is it dying? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? Right. And because of COVID, because of COVID, 
a lot of industries that were thriving are now dying. And a lot of industries that were dying are now thriving. So there are events that occur that can move your industry, your product up or down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're, if you're in an, if your product, your industry is dying, then you really need to hire somebody like yourself, Wendy, somebody like myself, somebody yes. that can see what you're not seeing because when you're in your fog, it's foggy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have an outsider's perspective. So I always tell my clients to ask themselves these three questions. This is what Amazon did. This is transformational because business owners are transactional. A lot of business owners, you know, they focus, they try to wear all these hats. They try to do everything themselves. And I always tell my clients, focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses, right? Right. But ask yourself these three questions. Number one, this is why Amazon asks themselves, what business are we in? Mm -hmm. And back when Amazon started, they said, we're in a book selling business. We sell books. What do we do really, really, really well, better than anyone else? We do fulfillment better than anyone else. And number three question, what business should we be in? Oh, awesome. We should be in the fulfillment business. Those three transformational questions, and I can give you like a bunch of examples on this. Those three transformational questions is what transformed Amazon into a small bookseller to a multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. Okay, because of those three questions. So we, we've gone through two of the P's, Michelle, people and product. We have about a minute and a half or so before we're going to have to go to our break. So what are the, a couple of the other P's? Well, processes. Okay. Process is very important. And as a consultant, Wendy, I'm sure you work with your clients on processes. Mm -hmm. The problem with process is most clients don't think about process. And I mean, business owners think about process until they have to. Right. They don't design processes until, oh my God, somebody got hurt. We need a safety process for that. Right. Oh my gosh, a customer complained and put it all over the internet. We need a customer service process, right. <laughs> you know? So processes really should be designed with the customer experience in mind. Right. They should be productive, efficient, well-documented. Companies should have policy and procedure manuals. Like this company we're trying to sell, this fabrication company, they have no policy and procedure manuals. Mm -hmm. They should have SOP checklists, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, and employees should be trained on such because this is what buyers look for. Buyers look for this documentation. And that really should be designed with the customer experience in mind. Yeah, that that is so helpful. And, and so when we get back from the break, perhaps we can go through a, a couple of the other P's, but you're so right. And I want to just go back to one thing you said about processes. So often too, people have standard operating procedures that they don't go back and check. They, it's like, it's a checked off box. They never revisit it. And those things need to be revisited to make sure that they can withstand the test of time. So, you got to inspect what you expect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And trust, and, but verify. It's so true. And so, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick two-minute break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what you need to do to prepare to sell your family's business or any business successfully with my guest, Michelle Seiler-Tucker, author of Exit Rich. And again, during the break, I'd encourage you to download the show notes. You can get that link that Michelle mentioned earlier where you can get Exit Rich today. So I'm Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversation, and Michelle and I will be back shortly. Oh, and don't forget to download the app. Get the app, join the IBGR community, pose your questions. You don't have to do this alone. You have the opportunity to ask questions, get your issues 
air it out, and, and you can find solutions. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule, links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. Nothing's good that yours is this is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. Our call sign is a radio station, but we are also your profit radio. I'm Wendy Dickinson, your Catalytic Conversations host of Ascend Coaching Solutions, here with my special guest, Michelle Seiler-Tucker, author of Exit Rich. This is Selling the Family Business, or any business, your guide. So please make sure you download the show notes, grab that link, pre-order Exit Rich. And Michelle, there's some extras that come along with the pre-order. Tell us about there, that. There are, Wendy. So anyone that pre-orders a book um, and goes to exitrichbook.com, the book is $24.79, which includes shipping. That's less expensive than Amazon. And we will send you the digital download immediately to read today. We'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep. You will also receive 
a lifetime membership for the Exit Rich Book Club, where you'll get video training of me going through this content and doing deep dives. Plus, most importantly, you'll receive document downloads. So all those documents you need to run your business, like an employee handbook, a non-compete, an organizational chart, um, a sample letter of intent, sample due diligence, sample closing docs. You know, people pay thousands upon thousands of dollars for these documentation. And we have it there for your review and your download. Plus, we're always updating it. And then you'll receive a 30-day free membership into Club CEOs, which is a like-minded entrepreneurial group that I started. So we can ask those transformational questions and help you not just survive, but thrive and really help you build a business that's going to be sellable so you can exit rich when you're ready. Wow, that's a lot of value. I would encourage everyone to pre-order Exit Rich. Michelle, we got caught off. I'd love to go through the rest of the P's. And then I really want to touch on another tool that you offer in Exit Rich, which is your GPS model. So finish out the P's, please. Okay, so proprietary is number four. And proprietary is the biggest value driver. This will get you the highest multiple on your EBITDA. Multiple is three, four, five, ten times EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. So let me go through real quick the proprietary. Number one, well-branded. The more well-branded you are, the more I can sell your business for. Mm. The biggest brand in the world right now is Apple. Just a brand alone is worth $189 billion. All right, $189 billion. That's not cash flow, assets, inventory, real estate. That's just a brand. So build Huge. your brand. The other thing is trademarks. Make sure that you have a federal trademark, not just a trade, not just a state trademark. Because buyers look at this when they go to buy your business. And if you have a trade, a state trademark and somebody else has that federal trademark, you can receive a system success letter and you have to stop using that name, that company name. And you have to start all over again. So trademark your podcasts, trademark your company name, trademark your slogans, patents. You know, we sold a company for $18 million that had 18 patents, a million dollars a patent. Patents are extremely valuable. On Shark Tank, what do they always ask? Do you have a patent on that? Do you have a patent on that? Contracts, extremely valuable as well. Manufacturing contracts, distribution, franchisor who has franchisees. Client contracts are the most valuable of all. And client contracts gives buyers peace of mind that this is an ongoing business that has a reoccurring revenue and has work in progress, has cash coming in. However, here's the caveat to con- here's the caveat to contracts. Most business owners don't have the two sentence transferability clause. Oh. And if you don't have that two sentence transferability clause and I go to sell your business, 99.9% of all sales are asset sales, not stock sales. So you want to make sure you have that transferability clause. Last but not least is databases. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging money, but they had a billion users. So they knew they could ROI. So build your database. If they can be repurposed and retarget, then there are those synergistic buyers that will pay you a lot of money for that. Okay. And if you have an e-commerce company and let's say you have a skincare line and Oprah Winfrey, you're on her favorite things. That's huge. Synergistic buyers will pay lots of money for celebrity endorsements. They will also pay lots of money for the top five spots on Wayfair, top five spots on Amazon and your specific niche, the five top spots on Etsy. Okay, so this is what I call IP real estate, intellectual property real estate. The fifth peak, so now we have to go quickly, is Patreons. 
this is your customer base. You want customer diversification, not customer concentration. Most businesses follow the 80-20% rule where 80% comes from 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of their business. And if they lose a couple of clients, they could literally be out of business. Right. So you want customer diversification. And then last but not least, the six P is profits, which is the most important to all of us entrepreneurs. But I always say, Wendy, profits is never ever the problem. It's always a symptom of not operating one of the other six P's. Yeah. You know, I have clients that come to me and say, Michelle, I have a profit problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem. Yeah. Or nope, you have a process problem. So when we evaluate businesses and we get businesses to sell so they can exit rich, we take them through the six P process. And this is part of our evaluation tool because we know the synergies mm -hmm. and we can create a bidding war, especially if a company is over a million dollars in EBITDA. Mm -hmm. So we know what synergies this company has and we know what synergies this buyer is going to pay for. And then we can create a bidding war to get our seller maximum value. Yeah. And I feel like that's another reason why it's so important to get the right advisor, the right intermediary repre representation. It, it really is because again, you're selling your most prized asset yeah. in most cases, yeah. you know, which is your business. It's kind of like heart surgery. If you need a heart surgery, you're not going to go to a dentist to get heart surgery, yeah. you know, and you're going to do your research and get the best heart surgeon you can. Right. Right. And I, I actually read that 73% of business owners are planning to fund either all or most of their retirement through the sale of their business. So it, it's so important. So I really want you to share a little bit about the, the Siler Tucker GPS model. Do you have time for that? Absolutely. I've got as much time as you'll give me. <laughs> so this, the ST GPS exit model, I designed this years ago. So basically what it, you know, basically I tell my clients, listen, it's kind of like a GPS. When you want to drive somewhere, what do you do? You pull out your phone, you pull out Google Maps, you plug in your destination, right? You need to know where you're going. The problem with business owners is they don't know where they're going. Right. They have never decided on on a destination. They have never desired, they have never determined their desired sales price. So pick a destination, pick an end game. So if you say, I want to sell for $10 million, great. That's a start, $10 million. Now what does the GPS need to know? It needs to know where you're starting from. Right. So what's your current valuation? Okay. So say you want to sell for 10 million, you are 5 million today. Great. Now we know what, now we know, you know, what our destination is and what we want to sell our business for. Now I will tell you too, Wendy, most business owners, this is shocking too. Never get evaluation on our business. I know. We it. get I, a checkup on our body yeah. once a year. We get a checkup on our car once a year, but we never get an evaluation checkup on our business. It is financial suicide. Yes. Because there is. are events like COVID and hurricanes and other events that can cause your value to increase and can cause your value to decrease. Right. So you should align yourself with an advisor that can do an annual valuation checkup on your business so you always know where you are. Um, and so then what do you need to know? You know, you want to sell for $10 million, you want $5 million today. Now you need to know time frame. So let's say you want to sell in five years. Great. Now we have a plan yes. because most business owners is just driving around aimlessly. Right. With no destination in sight, mm -hmm. going up and down those financial hills to end up nowhere. <laughs> and, and working really hard. It's not like they're working, not working hard. Really, really hard. Yes, That's right. Are. But we need to work smart. Right. Uh, so, and then this, the, the next piece of the value of the STGPS exit model is now determine who your buyers are. Yeah. So let me tell you who your buyers are not. You're not going to sell to a first-time buyer because they can't afford a $10 million company. Right. You're not going to sell to a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets. So you're going to sell to a private equity group or a strategic competitor or, or a serial entrepreneur, sophisticated entrepreneur. 
Now you need to know, okay, well, what's their financial criteria? If a bonus for $10 million, where does my gross revenues have to be? Where does my um, where does my gross profit margin have to be? Most importantly, where does the EBITDA have to be? Right. If you want to sell for ten million dollars, your EBITDA needs to be around two million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you need to know well, what's the buyer's criteria? What are the characteristics that they're looking for? And okay, I will guys, tell you to buy a ten million dollar company, you need to have the six P's in place. And and so did you all hear? She said buyers. What is the buyer's criteria? Right, not buyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and not the yeah. owners. It doesn't matter what the owners thinks about the business. Again, going back to what you were saying earlier. Okay, yes. Yep. yep, and that's why. So anyway, so then once you determine that, then you can build your business based upon the plan and reverse engineer the numbers and build a business to sell for $10 million in those five years to one of those three types of buyers. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's brilliant. It's absolutely Everybody else brilliant. is just doing it backwards. Yeah, I, I just, when I read this in the book, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know this. This is, yeah. you, you put it so clearly, so succinctly, and, and this is what the steps that owners need to take. It absolutely is because, hey, look, it's my passion to help business owners. It breaks my heart when I see a business owner have to close their doors or file bankruptcy. I sell a lot of businesses in bankruptcy court. Huh. You know, but it's my heart to see business owners lose everything that they've worked so hard for. I mean, I'm extremely passionate, and that's my mission is to try to save and sell as many businesses as I can and help as many people as I can retire rich. Yeah, Absolutely. Michelle, this has just been the greatest conversation. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your being on today. Do you have any closing thought that you would like? We've got about another 45 seconds or so. Do you have any closing thought that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing is um, entrepreneurs don't have to do it alone. A lot of entrepreneurs think that they have to do everything themselves. They think that they're on an island. You don't have to be. There are so many intelligent extremely intelligent mentors, advisors that have been down the road that you want to travel that can cut your travel time in half (laughs) by really, really looking at your business and seeing things that you're not seeing. Uh, Because like I said, when you're in your fog, it's foggy. So don't ever get discouraged. There's opportunity all around us. Um, There's advisors all around us that that have true intentions of helping other people and helping helping our businesses truly survive and go get exit rich. Ah, yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today, Michelle. I really appreciate it. This is Wendy Dickinson. Thank you. This is Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations with my guest, Michelle Seiler Tucker, author of Exit Rich. And please check out Michelle's website as soon as possible to order Exit Rich. That's it for us today on Catalytic Conversations with IBGR.network. Next up, you'll be hearing from James Bryant, a better you for you and entrepreneur's journey in trust the power in relationships. James is coming up next, so stay tuned. We want to make sure that you come back every Friday at 2 p.m. for Catalytic Conversations to not only hear guests such as Michelle, but others who experts who can offer you the opportunities to grow and transform your business from a job into a viable asset. This is Wendy Dickinson.